This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, the Ann Katsaris. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. There's the crowd. We're very excited to be talking to you every Saturday here at 1 o'clock on WPHT Talk Radio. We are the only real estate show in town, so you should listen. If you want to ask us a question about commercial, residential real estate, mortgages, give us a call. My number is 267 266 5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here to keep you informed. And I'll tell you what, Philly's 48% of Philly's renting. They ought to really seriously think about buying. It's a great time to buy, and it's the best time in the history to sell. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Got one for you. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes, we have Mark's funny story. Got one. And we have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Top 10 questions to ask when buying a home. That's a good one. Thanks. We also, speaking of questions, Mark, we also have our question segment. First question is, I'm currently paying a mortgage on a house and I want to add a guest house. Do I have to finish the mortgage payment or can I start before? Next question. question is, if I add an HVAC unit to a sunroom, does it add to the square footage of the house? Next question is, can I take a loan out to pay for a down payment on a co-op? Next question is, I just purchased a home in 2023. The inspector I hired stated wiring that in writing that my roof would last five years. My home insurance will not cover the roof. What do I do? Heard that one before. Many times. And Mark, our topic of the day is six reasons to consider trade school instead of college. Yeah, I've been talking to a bunch of high schools about this. So I want to talk about it. Awesome. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, your mind will answer most questions if you learn to relax and just wait for the answers. So don't panic. Usually people react without contemplating. 
I know personally what I do, some people want snap answers and I tell them, let me think about that. And then uh, I, the right answer comes to me. <laughs> That's great. Because snap answers are usually not good answers. No. So where are we at? So Mark, we are up to the market report. And Deanne almost has a voice back and there's the <laughs> bell. So the housing market is a crucial component of the U.S. economy, a fact that was evident in both industry and professional associated with it throughout 22. Throughout the last year, the uptick in mortgage rates coupled with other factors like record low inventory rates, which we are still in, uh, I, the rates are still good. Don't listen to the doom and gloomers. But as industry professionals know, the housing market is cyclical. So you expect the things going up, going down. But right now, it's still a great time to buy, and it's the best time ever to sell. Now, Housing Wire, they've been covering what's been going on in the news lately, and I've been complaining about the doom and gloomers out there. But they're tracking what's happening. Purpose, purpose, uh, purchase application data was up 3% last week, and people are starting to get back in the market. The start of 2023 has been good, considering mortgage rates stayed a little bit above six and now are back down. Weekly housing inventory is the problem. It still continues to decline. I think today there was only 2,900 actives in all of Philly. I think I posted it on Facebook. That's like nothing out of the over 600,000 units. And the next 12 months are going to be pitif pitiful. Uh, not pitiful. Pitiful. <laughs> pitiful. <laughs> I was struggling with the word today. Pivotal. Ow. I was pivoting. Thank you. For the housing market. We're likely to see more rate hikes, but the Fed better get the rack together because it's not really helping inflation. The following 12 months is what matters best the way to fight inflation. If you're not trying to destroy inflation by killing demand, you know, they're actually talking about letting people get laid off rather than build supply. So what the supply side solves all problems. Because if you're you're building and growing everything's going to get better we don't need to that's create... common sense i, I mean... know but they're they're not talking common sense yeah we don't have common they sense want to create right a job loss recession to bring down inflation we need more supply in some parts of the economy it takes a long to get that supply back into the market however with the mortgage rates the way they are things are just starting to get better and the Fed keeps talking about getting down to 2%. Well, they're not going to do it with the strategy they have. And the one thing about the Fed that a lot of people don't realize, you never used to hear from the Fed. They used to just make an announcement once in a while. Now they're on TV every week. It was the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah. you like, you never saw the Fed people. Right. But, you know, now it's, there's just too much news. And there's too much bull. And there's too much doom and gloom. So I think they should stop screwing with the rates cut this inflation by creating things on the supply side and we'll be fine. Let's go. Let's go have a conversation with them. I wish I could. I wish I got invited to one meeting. <laughs> I probably wouldn't get invited back, but <laughs> I would have my say. Exactly. All right. So tell us about the rates. So the rates, um, your 30 year conventional six and a half percent. And again, that's fluctuating. Um, also tied to your credit score and how much you're putting down. Your 15-year fixed is 5.75. You have your 5.1 ARM at 6.125. Your 30-year FHA, 5.875. And your 30-year 
Uh, VA loan is 5.875. Now, these rates are good. We are not in the sevens. No. We are not no. in the sevens. There's a lot of options out there for first-time home buyers. You got to get in the game. No doubt about it. Like I went to the Pennsylvania Real Estate Commission to give them a couple. I had two thoughts I want to give them some ideas. The first one they liked. The second one, it was a Zoom meeting. All of a sudden, the second one, they kicked me out of the meeting. (laughs) They didn't like that second one. Anyway, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD All Positive. All the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So Mark, we are up to your funny story. So we've been talking about the last couple of weeks about credit scores and people with common names. And we had a guest on, Drew Smith. Yep. And I, and I told Drew this story after we got off the air. A long time ago, I was a ward leader and I had a committee person named Joe Smith. And if you have a common name like that, you probably got stuff on your credit report that's not you. Anyway. And Joe you don't Smith, even know about it. Yeah. Joe Smith, he was a great guy. He lived around the corner from me in my ward. And anyway, he was a maintenance man in one of the high rises in Center City. So he's come, this was back in the day when you were allowed to smoke on the L platform. So Joe was coming back from work one day, a Friday night. He's coming back from work. He gets off the L at Tioga Street. And as he gets off the L, he puts a, as he's getting off, he puts a cigarette in his mouth, but he don't light it. He steps out onto the platform, lights the cigarette, and a cop grabs him. He goes, you were smoking on the L. And Joe goes, no, I wasn't. And he goes, what's your name? He goes, Joe Smith. And the cop goes, yeah, right. He goes, show me your ID. He goes, I don't have my ID on me. And he says, really? So this now is Joe Smith, right? So they take Joe Smith to the 25th district and they put him in a cell. So now it's like 530, 6 o'clock, shifts change. Next cops come in. Joe's sitting in the cell. Cops come in. They say, uh, what's your name? He goes, Joe Smith. He goes, Cop goes, yeah, right. He goes, what do you win here? He goes, smoking on the L. He goes, yeah, right. So anyway, they leave Joe sit there. 11.30 comes around. They ship him down to the roundhouse. So now he's down the roundhouse with the real criminals. He gets down there. They ask him, what's your name? He goes, Joe Smith. They were like, yeah, right. Say, what are you in here for? Smoking on the L. They were like, definitely. Yeah, sure, pal. So they keep Joe. Saturday night goes by. Sunday, they ship him up to the D.C. detention center on State Road. Now he's in prison. So he finally finally gets a phone call, and he calls me. And he says, Mark, he goes, I'm in prison on State Road. I said, what'd you do? He goes, smoking on the L. I went, yeah, right. <laughs> so, Poor guy. I, I was a ward leader, so I make a couple phone calls, right, to get try to get somebody to help Joe. And every I called up this one judge that I knew, and I said, judge, I said, one of my committee pieces in, is in jail. I need help. He goes, what's he in jail for? He's, I said, smoking on the L. And he goes, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, after a few phone calls, they make a call, and it turned out that they had Joe for smoking on the L, and he finally got out. He knocks on my door when he gets back from the prison. He's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I said, for now on, make sure you have your ID on you, will you? Because your name's Joe Smith. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. If you have a funny story, 
Send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the end, Kat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic is the top 10 questions to ask when buying a home. Very good, Mark. I've been working with a lot of first-time home buyers recently. And one of the things that they asked me is, how do I begin the process of buying a home? And it can be a tedious process if you're not working with the right individuals. You and I know that as a fact. So once you've started dreaming of owning your own place, it's time to get organized. And the first step is a solid education in the actual process of buying a home. So we're going to discuss things you need to know before you actually start shopping for your dream home. The second one is, does purchasing a home, how does a home compare with renting. So versus, we see these all the time, purchasing versus renting. And the advantages of renting are being generally free of most maintenance responsibilities and the ability to leave the house when the lease is up. But there are also many disadvantages. When you rent, you're building your landlord's equity, not yours. So every time you make a payment, you're just throwing that money away. You don't also receive the home ownership tax benefits and you're not protected against any rental increases. So especially in today's economy with the rents going up and up and up, if you were in a mortgage, the only way that your payment would go up is if your homeowner's insurance or your real estate taxes increased. Other than that, your principal and interest payment is going to be the same for 360 payments. You, right. you can't make a rental home your own place with your decorating style. Maybe you want to paint the walls or paint the front door or do some landscaping out front. That's all got to go through the landlord. And most of the time That's when right. you do do something like that, they want it back to its original um, colors or even sometimes the front door or whatever. However you bought uh, rented that place is how you need to leave it. I know people that have redone kitchens and did all kinds of stuff on a rental unit. Yeah, I hear about that all the time. So there's a lot of things that you have to think about. The third one is, how do you know if I'm ready to actually buy a home? Do you have a source of income? Yep. Is your current income, is it reliable? They want to see that the job that you're in is going to last. And we do a verification of employment and they're actually asking the employer, is this position likely to continue? Do you think you want to live there for a reasonable amount of time? Is this going to be your forever dream home or is this just something short term? Do you have a record of paying bills on time? And are you ready to take on the home maintenance versus just asking the landlord to fix something? The next one is, Mark, do you want to be committed to own your pl- your own place? Because once you buy it, It's yours until you sell it. Number four is how do I know what I need? So you need to make a list of your priorities. You have to establish a must have list and a wish list. And this is what you're good at actually pulling out from the clients, you know, asking them, okay, you know, what is most important to you and what are the absolute must haves? And a lot of people don't ask those questions. Yeah, what's the most important thing we should talk about? And then they tell you everything. Right. And now I know. So when I go looking in the MOS for a house, I know what I'm looking for. 
because they told me. Right. Is it is it the location? Um, does it need to be near your job? Does it have to be near a certain school? Does it need to be near public transportation? And what kind of what's the size of the house? Do you want a big house, a small house? How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? These are conversations that you need to have before actually going out and looking at a home. And the last one is the amenities. Do you want a pool? How big do you want the lot size to be? Do you want a fireplace? How many rooms do you want to actually be in your home? I know. I usually ask them after I interview for a while, I'll ask them a a question what they really think about. I'll say, describe this house to me. And you'd be shocked. They can describe what they're looking for. Right. Number five is what should I look for when deciding on a community? You know, what community is going to fit into your daily lifestyle? What are the schools like? What amenities do you really want nearby, such as shopping, libraries, restaurants, coffee shops, a Starbucks? You know, what would be the commute time? And are you okay with that? How far away is this going to be from where you need to go to work? Do you want the action of city living or do you want the peace and quiet of a suburban or rural community? I'll take the city. I The crickets get to me. <laughs> <laughs> is being close to family and friends, is that important to you? And drive around and see what areas actually attract you. Number six is selecting the right lender and the right real estate agent. Always talk to your lender first, even before actually speaking with a real estate agent, because you want to ask your mortgage lender. You want to ask family and friends. Be careful with Uncle Harry, but you want to ask your family and friends and make a list of agents and you want to interview them. You want to have a conversation. I was interviewed. I was interviewed last week um, by a couple. They had talked to us several different lenders and everybody had the same conversation. You know, we can close on time or rates are great and this and that. And what I told these people was, I'm going to take you through the process and educate you on exactly what you need to do, how to have the best experience. And we're going to communicate through the entire process. But after you close, I'm not going anywhere. We're, you're stuck with me. And this isn't one and done. I want to help you build wealth. I want to educate you and help you through your finances throughout the entire process. And they were grateful for that. I also told, gave them a couple secrets on, you know, how to pay that 30 year mortgage down to 24 and a half years. Things that the age that the other lenders aren't going into. They're really just talking about their rate and their closing costs and things like that. That's all well and good. But education is the biggest piece to this because it helps eliminate a lot of stress. Big time. Because if you get piecemealed, that's how they get stressed out. Yeah, very stressed out. So if you have any questions on are you ready to purchase, give me a call at 609-605-7153. That was a good topic. Thanks. All right. So we're ready for our questions and answers. We got to go to a break. Let's do that. Let's go for a break. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. 
This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? So, Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. All right, so what's the first one? The first question is, I am currently paying a mortgage on a house that I want to add a guest house to. Do I have to finish the mortgage payment or can I start before? Hey, they might be in great shape here. If they have a mortgage that's older, they might have the equity to do this. Yeah, hey. they could do a cash out refinance, um, but you do not have to pay finish the mortgage. No. You, you can certainly do it and get a home equity line of credit to pay for it or just use cash. But just make sure that you're getting all the permits and, and the work's being done by a licensed and insured contractor because when you go to sell that house, these are the things that they're going to be looking yeah, for. You want to make sure you add something with value. And, you know, make this, if it's a guest house, do it correctly, you know, with the the right the, the right permits. So it has, if it is a guest house that has the bathroom, the bedroom, the hallways, not one big room, you know, do it so it really adds value to your property. Right. What's the next one? All right. Question number two is, if I add an HVAC unit to a sunroom, does that add to the square footage of the house? No. no. <laughs> that's, like, that's like putting an air conditioner in a room. No, it's not going to add square footage. Now, does it add value? Maybe. Because the sunroom, especially if you're in like Florida or something, and it's hot and you got this sunroom and you added an HVAC unit to it, it could add some value. But uh, it's not going to add square footage. Right. But the thing is, too, so, you have to have a permit for that sunroom. Yeah. And, but the new ones, so, the new ones they put up on the wall would probably do one of these. You know, I like these the units. ones that are. Yeah, we have them in um, in Greece. They're really cool. Yeah. What's the next one? All right. The next question is, can I take a down payment out to pay for? Can I take a loan out for my down payment on a co-op? You might have to. Because co-op, <laughs> co-ops, most of the time, they're really hard to get financing on, because yeah, you don't own the you don't own the property, you own shares. Right. Uh, you're you're an investor. You're you own shares. So a lot of times they want cash down. They want that you know. So you might have to take some kind of loan just to even buy that co-op, unless you got cash. Right. And then because the thing- you're buying shares, you're not yep. buying property. And the thing that you have to think about is, you know, is that lender going to require seasoning? Does it need to be in your bank for 60 days? And are they going to count that um, that monthly payment that you took the loan out? Are they going to count that against you? Yeah, some co-ops have weird rules, too. Like, you know, just because you want to get one, they might not necessarily want you. Right. <laughs> you hear about these every once in a while where some celebrity wants to buy into a co-op and but they don't want the paparazzi showing up, so they tell them no. So, uh, you know, co-ops have some weird rules. It's just like condo associations and homeowner associations. You need to know what those rules are. Yeah, you need to know what the bylaws but are for sure. Yep. financing on a co-op is tough. Yeah. There's not too many people that do that. What's the next one? The next question is, I just purchased a home in 2023. The, inspects, the inspector I hired stated in writing that my roof would last for at least five years. My homeowner's insurance will not cover the roof. What do I do? Yeah, well, a, roo- a home inspector or a roofer that gives you a roof cert, especially on flat roofs uh, in Philly, which we have hundreds and thousands of them. Right. With the city of row homes, 
you know, most of them will say they'll look at the roof. The roof's in decent shape. The roof has at least a five-year life expanse. Now, if your homeowner's insurance is giving you problems with that, maybe you need a new insurance company because, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're getting a little too picky. I told you I had one uh, drive by my house and look at my giant roof on a condo and from his car and say, your house might need a new roof. I'm like, are you a roofer? No, I'm an insurance guy. <laughs> All right. You know, do you do your own dentistry? Dentistry by owner? Well, my brother's a roofer. <laughs> yeah. my Yeah. Uncle Harry's a roofer and he thinks you need a new roof. Right. He also runs a roofing company. <laughs> no. So uh, I, I would talk to another lender, another insurance company. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What's the last one? All right. Last question is underwriter denied home loan because of a dispute on my credit. Dispute filed in 2012 and shows the status as still disputed. Why is it there after five years? Well, Mark, I have a major issue with this um, with this question because they should have never gone into underwriting with a dispute. You don't right. get to the finish line and then decide to look at the credit. Um, yeah, the that's the problem. Yeah. Exactly what you were just talking about in your topic. You do all this up front and that shows up up front. Yep. So the dispute and the problem with the dispute is, there, you know, why is it there after five years? Um, because it was never removed. So one or two things happen. When you remove this dispute, most of the time it will drop the credit score. Because when you put a dispute on, on a trade line, it acts as if it's in good standing. Once you remove the dispute, that negativity goes back onto the credit report. So you have to do one or two things. You can leave the dispute on there, but you have to pay it to a zero balance. Yeah. And if you do something between 2012 and now with that dispute, you could restart the clock sometimes. Sometimes. Look, yeah. It's look. probably been sold. Um, it's probably a charge off by now. Yeah. So you'd have to do a, the, the lender should have walked you through doing a little bit of investigation on this. Up front. A hundred percent. Not after. You can't issue. Yeah. I would have never issued a pre-approval with a dispute. On the credit. No. Never. No, you'd have to do some research. Unless it was under two thousand dollars. Yeah. Something that you could That's just That's a whole different off. story. All yeah. Right. Exactly. All right. They were good questions. They were good questions. Coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, which is six reasons to consider trade school instead yeah, of college. I want to talk about this. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio twelve ten, WPHT, all positive. All the time. We'll be right back. Good news in real estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive. All the time. So where are we at, Dan? So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is six reasons to consider trade school instead of college. And the reason I'm doing this is I've been getting calls from high schools. And me and you have been talking about this from year, go, years, going to the high schools and talking to them about the real estate industry and the mortgage industry. Yep. And over the last couple of months, I've got invited to a few of these high schools. And they're finally starting to wake up that college is not an automatic you're going to make a hundred grand a year. You know, in Pennsylvania, I just did this research. 
How much does a college grad make in Pennsylvania as of February 7th, 2023? The average annual pay for a college grad in Pennsylvania is $34,765 a year. That didn't even cover one year of student debt. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. If you need a calculator, that's $16.71 71 an hour. So college is not a guarantee. I mean, starting lawyers, you know, many lawyers graduate a year. Starting lawyers are like $38,000. You know, there's, we put, U of Penn puts out more lawyers than all of Japan every wow. year. <laughs> so before your parents, you know, start sending you away, I, I went to college and I'll tell you my first two years, liberal arts, before I decided what I was going to do. And I ended <laughs> up being a criminology and an art major, which was two ends of the spectrum. Right. You know, that first two years was a waste of time, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it taught you how to learn a little bit, but we could have got right to the meat of the thing and what I was going to focus on. Right. And I ended up not being a criminology involved in that field whatsoever anyway. And that happens to a lot of college, college grads. Thousands of kids are going to college just because they think they're supposed to, or their parents and teachers said, you need to go get an education. And then they borrow all kinds of money. They point them in particular directions. And they end up in college, and it's you know it's never been the right path for everybody. Let me tell you something: choose, choose skills or a four-year college. Eighty-seven thousand eight hundred is the average cost of a degree for a public four-year college paying state tuition. Only sixty-three percent of four-year college graduates graduate by the end of six years, not four years, wow. six <laughs> years. Almost seventy-five percent of trade school graduates. Uh, enter their career in their field of study out of the gate and they do it within two years well and, and now they're making money yeah and you know where we are now plus they're making money in apprentice programs and everything else and there there's nobody doing that now there's nobody going to trade school right now well it's starting to be another option because i'm st- I think it's starting to sing sink into some of these high schools and stuff that not everybody needs to go to college and I get yeah. students every month that are getting real estate licenses that went to college. And they, you know, and you you major in, you know, French literature and pick some crazy, unless you're doing computer science or something that you know that's really needed, there's a lot of degrees you come out of and you might have a problem getting a job. Yeah. So. Why your kids go to college? Students love learning new schools, rather work with their hands than sit at a desk. Trade schools, technical colleges might be the right springboard for them in the front, into the future because they make good money. It's no wonder the number of students attending trade schools is increasing. Why enrollment in four-year degree program is declining. Less people are actually going to college to that whole bureaucracy especially now where they're brainwashing people. And here's six reasons why to consider a trade school rather than college. You get hands-on education, like in auto mechanics, HVAC, respiratory, electrician, builders, whatever. And they're not in lecture halls. They're in trade schools where they're getting paid while they go through apprentice programs. Two, head start on building wealth. Trade schools take two years or less. That means grads enter the workforce earlier than grads of a four-year college. They're making money. They could buy a house. They start building wealth and they get a head start building your net worth. Only 63% of four-year college students graduate by the end of six years. End of six years. Wow. There's a lot of professional students. Another reason, good reason is the less debt. 
you know, the average annual cost of a four-year public college and then the private ones, like you to go to Princeton or something, you're talking fifty, sixty thousand a year. Where on average cost of a four-year college is way steeper. Trade schools vary widely depending on the part of the length of the program. But most of them and some of them, you're working while you're getting that education. And almost all of them guarantee a job. Trade school grads are often on the payroll before the ink on their diploma is even dry. The demand for skilled workers in fields as electrical, plumbing, mechanics, welding, construction, HVAC, real estate has exploded. Companies are looking to fill these jobs, aren't looking for people with a bachelor's degree. They need workers with skills and certifications from trade school that trade schools deliver. Technical schools have a strong focus on job placement. Most of the time, there's people waiting for these people, you know, and a job in the right field. Almost 75% of trade school graduate enter a career related to in their field, not like college grads. There are like almost three quarters of the trade, trade school grads enter careers related to their field, while 41% of college grads are underemployed working in jobs that don't require a college degree. 41%. I, I have students that have 200,000 in college debt and are getting a real estate license. You know, some of them. And they're also sick of the corporate world as well. Yeah. A job placement rate for uh, graduates of technical colleges, 97%. Strong return on the investment. Trade schools, grads rewarded with a job offer, sizable paychecks. One of the top reasons trade school enrollment is increasing, check out the annual wages as reported. A real estate agent, seventy-seven thousand a year. How how much does how much does uh, let me see production workers such as metal worker, machinists, welders, they start at forty grand. Roofers, forty-five grand. Installation man, rap, repair workers, fifty grand. Construction and extraction workers, fifty-two grand. Carpenters, these are starting salaries, fifty-two grand. Health information technologist, fifty-eight. Radiologist, sixty-three. Respiratory therapist, 63. Power line installer, 71. Power plane operator, 79. You know, in a, if the economy is up or down, you know what? Refrigerators still break. Toilets get clogged. <laughs> Things need yeah. to be fixed. A robot is never going to cut your hair, plant a tree in your yard, climb on your roof, replace your shingles. These careers are always going to be in demand. So, you know, not me and Evie been talking about it. You know, like... It's not for everybody, college. I got a four-year right. free ride. Books, room, board, food, the whole nine yards because I was a soccer player. If it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have went. I didn't go. Yeah. I went to night school. Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> hated it. Yeah. And what were you going to be? What were you majoring in? I was going to be a physical therapist. So now that that's one that would you could probably get some jobs. Yeah. But some of my... Students that have degrees in, like, you know, the French literature and uh, philosophy, right? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. All right. So, Mark, we are up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A. And today we're going to talk about artificial intelligence and human resource. So, welcome, Dr. A. Hi. Hi, Hi Dr. Abelson. How are you? I'm doing terrific. How are the two of you? We're all right. We're doing okay. So, hey, go ahead, start this. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of, if you've been reading the newspapers and, and, and magazines lately, there's been a lot of talk about artificial intelligence. 
Uh, and what we're seeing is that there's actually an organization we're working with now that has created uh, a way to use artificial intelligence in the hiring process, which is really cool. So what we're doing is we're, we're using the disk behaviors, we're using the motivators, and we're using another science that looks at habits. Uh, we're looking at over 20 different habits that people have as well. So we're, we're collecting data on on over 50 different characteristics of individuals to identify what are the characteristics of them that is most related to performance. And it's what we're doing with it, and it's really cool. And if you're going to work with an AI company, make sure they do this as well. Uh, and that is what is the what are the performance factors that go along with the job that you're interested in, right? Because it, it needs to be related to that. For example, we did a study with uh, with 32 different offices uh, for a real estate company, and uh, what we found is we were able to uh, predict with incredible certainty uh, people who could double the net income. Okay, of of the office, but also because, and this was important for the for this particular real estate franchise, they act. We were able to predict which managers could double net agent count. All right, so that was very very important for this particular organization. There'll be other organizations that aren't that interested in that. They'll be just interested in in some other type of performance factor, such as retention. You know, so so those are different things to to keep in mind if you're going to be working with an organization that is using artificial intelligence. And you know, when it sounds sexy and it sounds very complicated, the reality of it is, all we're doing is we're using complicated statistical algorithms to determine what are the most important factors that are related to the performance. So that's that's basically what's going on. Yeah. So don't don't let them uh, bamboozle you into thinking that it's anything anything more than that. No, and the two things that you mentioned about the real estate firms, recruiting and retention, when I run an office, that's my 20%. And not everybody, there's a lot of mistakes made in the real estate industry. They hire a CEO to run a company to be their recruiter, and they might have been a great real estate agent, but they don't have the personality or that set of skills for recruiting. That's a whole different ballgame. Totally. And one of the things that we're doing to deal with that is, is once once we have the data and we know what the benchmark is uh, or, or the, the different factors, we're actually having training programs that are customized to that individual. Right. So there might be like 10 different factors finally related to that person, but they might be really good on four or five of them, but they're lousy on you know, five or six of them. So the training program will just be on those five or six that aren't very good. I've seen that so many times where they hire CEOs to be recruiters and they last about eight months on the button and then they're recruiting again because right. they didn't use the right tools. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Doc. It's real easy. It's just succeed at ableson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net or just email me at dr.a at ableson.net. Thank you, Dr. A. Thanks, guys. Maybe we should talk about that a little bit more next Let's week. Let's do that. All right. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. A special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air all these years. We're going to our 15th year. I want to dedicate this show to my wife who just passed away, Teresa Marie Cumberland. We were married 40 years. Thank you to everybody that reached out to me with all their condolences, and uh, it, w- it was very helpful. 
I just wanted to dedicate this show to her. And hopefully awesome. we'll see you every week. And uh, so with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Kitsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All, all positive, positive all, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris or listen to any of their past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre recorded.